And hello again, everybody. Welcome to the Hawkeye Huddle here on our podcast, uh, the HawkeyeHuddle.com only this week, preempted by Drake Basketball, uh, which uh, is unfortunate, but uh, David and I were, were giving it a shot here on the podcast, and uh, really it's our first time, I think, David, trying to just record this thing ourselves and get it out there, but it's kind of fun to try something a little different. Well, we've got, we've got all this new technology that we've been using this year, and we have a mechanism by which doesn't reco- re- doesn't take a tremendous amount of stuff, and it's an internet-based uh, program, so we'll give it a shot. And I certainly don't want Kevin Driscoll to be mad at us for not putting it up because the only way yeah, we ever uh, put it up, we lost. Yeah, I know. He was not happy about that, uh, our friend out in Indiana. Hey, so, um, which, by the way, I forgot to mention today. I don't know if I did last week, but I did, you know, get to spend some yes. time with uh, Kevin and his lovely wife uh, in, in uh, uh, Chicago, um, that Saturday of Wrigley Field, that was a lot of fun. But um, just in case, in, in case something happens here where I happen to drop off, you're going to keep talking, and I'm going to come right back on, yes, right? That's so that's the plan. This will be that's our plan. So uh, we're going to go as it's best a we can. It's a, right. Yeah. Listen, it's uh, it is what it is. But uh, so Saturday, the Iowa Hawkeyes, uh, much to the chagrin, I think of of uh, many around the college football world, won again. And not only they didn't win again, they won uh, uh, in, in a fashion again that was not sexy. But guess what? They're Big Ten West champions, my friend. Yes. And uh, I think we predicted that that would happen at the beginning of the year because the schedule did look favorable. It has turned out to be favorable. And when all was said and done on Saturday, even though for much of the second half it looked like Iowa might lose, they found a way, and they found a way to do it with, uh, with uh, a quarterback who's rapidly improving an offensive line that's rapidly improving, and a defense that just keeps proving that it's the best in the country. Well, I don't know if it's the best in the country, but it's certainly in the top four or five. And, and I just say that only, only in, in light to with whom we have played. Um, you know, we haven't gone and, and shut down LSU or Ole Miss, who, who I desperately hope Iowa plays in a bowl game because I believe that Phil Parker will drive Lane, Lane Kiffin absolutely batty uh, by what, what he's doing or not doing. And actually, that's one of the things I, I look forward to this weekend with uh, Nebraska changing quarterbacks for like the seventh time this year, going with Chubba Purdy, that we might be able to see it's an option offense, Brett. So if they're going <laughs> to run an option offense, we're going to be in the right spots. You know, maybe they won't block Adrian, Adrian Claiborne like Georgia Tech did. And they're going to decide not to block Joe Evans or, or uh, Herkut out there or whoever might be playing defensive end and, and let them and try and read off of them and just let them make every play. So um, I'm with you. You know, winning in the what I believe this year we can now actually term it the Iowa way, the Iowa game plan to, uh, again, this week control the clock uh, far better than they had earlier in the year getting meaningful first downs and then then having the one big play but there was actually two or three good play or not good big plays in that game uh on saturday i thought i thought the wide receivers obviously had their best day but the passes that he was getting through incredibly shrinking windows uh in fact it may have been the first pass of the game to nico ragiani I, you know, I can't say his name. Yeah, but yes, yes, yes. And in that first pass, I'm like, how did he even get it in there? 
Yeah, yep. There were a couple of them on that rollout to the right where they flood the right side. That's a play I, I dislike a lot, you know. Yeah. Because there's only two options, right? And the entire team the entire defense is flowing that way. So I don't know how they expect to complete the pass, but they did it three times on Saturday. And that first one, you're right, was through a window that I I'm not sure that the, I really felt like the Illinois D backs didn't think he would even throw the football. Right? Well, because they had their guy, you know, covered so well. But but he did and I, I think, you know, one of the things that's really interesting I, I, that I, <clears throat> I hadn't noticed until yesterday, somebody had a stat out there. So Deacon Hill in his first, uh, I think it was the four games before the, the, the bye, was, you know, throwing at a 35% clip. Since right. the bye, since the bye, these last three games, uh, Northwestern, um, uh, Rutgers, and Illinois, He's throwing at a 65% clip. I mean, now he's now we're we're in real quarterback territory, right? Well, we're suddenly, near <laughs> he, well, 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 seriously. I mean, you're you yeah, you're on the at least you're on the you know you're in the ballpark, right? With the way that you should be. He was 19 for 29, 160 yards and a touchdown with no interceptions the other day. Um, you, good, you're right. A really good read and good pass for the touchdown. There, the absolutely. Back of the end zone. Absolutely. Right down there, right and, in front of us. And he's he's uh, starting to really build this rapport with Caleb Brown that uh, you can really see, right? Seven catches for 71 yards. Uh, that kid is fortunate to have come on at the right time, but uh, he's he's really making the most of his time. And that makes it a little bit easier for your quarterback when they're confident that they, they throw the ball that somebody's going to catch it. Well, you know, it's funny. Brian found the bubble screen again, and then I thought, well, you know, we can run other plays other than the bubble screen. I think he ran it four of five pass plays. And we were like, you know, going, good Lord, come on, let's, let's try something differently. But, you know, again, uh, the fact that I was able to get push on, on, their, on their running plays and, and break some big ones, whether it be the obviously the game winner with Caleb Johnson, and it, he is the most deceivingly fast running back probably in the country. He does not look, look like he's running, he does it? doesn't look like he's going <laughs> no, anywhere, no. but nobody's ever catching him. And he got to the corner of the end zone, and then there was uh, pandemonium, and then, you know, it's third and eight, and all of a sudden we're going to run it again, and we get 12 yards, and that was the ball game. And Did you see the, the block Astringa threw on the touchdown? Absolutely. On the go, touchdown? Yes. Yeah. Go back and watch that if, if you haven't. Um, how about the he block drives his man through on there was a play in the first half where he got out and just pancake destroyed the guy when he was pulling and there was another play there was about five great pancakes in that game deep cleaters uh, by you know offensive linemen and tight ends uh, during the game not to mention the, the crack the crack back that they yeah that was that the that they side. called a penalty uh, uh, I was it was it as bad on? I mean, it looked yes. to me. I yes. mean, it, look, the the guy, the the guy. It wasn't a blind side. They 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 met face to face, right? The guy was running. The guy may have turned his head, but he was running. And it just was just such an obvious, just a good block. Well, and uh, it, was it terrible. It, it met all the definitions for what they consider to be a blind side block, and and the biggest one being that the defender and you've gone off that the defender had not turned <clears throat> excuse me had not turned his head and 
he ran straight into, I think it was Richmond, who, who made that block. And, you know, the defender not turning his head till the last moment. All he has to do is basically stand there and, like, take a charge, and he d- doesn't get called for the penalty. The fact that he, he basically blocked him, put his head down, and hit him with his shoulder right in the chest, <coughs> that's, you know, that's the deal that, that gets you the penalty. So, yeah. you know, there was a yeah. play in the Iowa State game years ago with Marshall Yandon uh, came around and did a blindside. I think it was on a reverse, and he just destroyed the Iowa State guy. I mean, that's for sure 15 yards now, you know. Yeah. Yeah, well, that between that and the roughing the quarterback uh, no, that, on, on that Joe Evans, was, that one was that was or uh, Schulte. Uh, oh, I thought it was in, on Evans. It was Schulte. You're right. You're right. Yes. And, yes. Where the guy, the, the the ball is still in contact with his hands as he's as he's you know tackling him. him. Yeah. yeah. I that one was really bad. I'm I'm glad those didn't end up costing Iowa the game. I, I do want to be more positive about the offensive line and. Some of the blocking, though, because I th- I thought that the you know it really was the di- the difference. Yeah, no question. And, once, and it really again. was the difference. Yeah, and yeah. and so you know, and again, there you, there's where you go back to your quarterback's going to be a lot better when he's more confident in, in the guys he's throwing to. And by the way, he's the he spread it around too. If you think about it, yeah, I think two different tight ends uh, and three different three different wide receivers caught balls the other day. At least well, um, Anderson. Brown, Anderson, Nico. Brown, Nico. Do we have any I, other wide receivers that play? We we have a few, but I don't think anybody else caught the ball the other day. I I the one the one thing he's got to get a little better at. He misses uh, the wheel route constantly. Yes. There's there's running backs open uh, on wheel routes that he so he's he's getting better with his accuracy, with his timing. With his feel for the pocket, the one thing he's not getting better with is his progressions. And well, so or, that'll that'll come, deep, right? That'll the, come. The only good yeah. deep, deep pass he's thrown was the wide open tight end play against Rutgers, where yep. nobody even knew who the guy was that caught it. Right. Um, right. That yes, he, he's got he's got a few things to work on still. Obviously, those wheel routes. Brian Ferentz will probably tell you, you know, that that's a big thing he wants to do on the goal line when that's not available. Yes. Uh, that hurts a little bit, you know. And there was, I think there were two or three of them the other day that were just out in the middle of the field where, boy, if he just swung it out to uh, LaShawn on the side. Right, right. And, he, but, and he's so you know. late, so late getting there that by the time that he gets down to that, I mean, LaShawn's about halfway out of bounds. And right. Or, and or the defender has finally... Like, where, who am I supposed to be guarding? <laughs> you know, they've figured out that they've had a problem. So, at any rate, I mean, you know, who cares? We, we, Iowa also left four points out there. Uh, you know, Drew Stevens, again, missed one to the right. Uh, seems like all his misses have been pushed yeah, out there Yeah, he pushes right. them out there, yeah. Um, and that extra point got tipped, um, obviously. So, Sounded you know, like that might have been an, uh, that the uh, the, the – they pinched our um, long snapper on that, and they're not allowed to do that. And it was missed. And I believe the referee, uh, somebody said the referee acknowledged that to Kirk after the after the uh, play. Like, yeah, we might have missed one there. Okay. Um, so now, it, now that having been said, we were observing Drew Stevens was kicking them through from 55 in warm-ups, but those balls are going up in the air. Yeah. And both – both of his miss and the and the tipped extra point were balls that came out low. 
Yeah. So he's he's his steps uh, steps are a little bit off from time to time, which is unfortunate. And by the way, um, about three quarters of the stadium, and apparently a bunch of people watching on TV thought that Illinois' field goal was was uh, in in the second half was no good. I thought it was no good. It, it sure looked close. right to me. It was really it, really close. Um, I. <clears throat> It might have been one of those ones that almost went over the top of the goalpost. Yeah, I wondered what it looked like on TV because yeah, the, the fans down there, you know, normally you can tell by the people right behind right. the goalpost, and they were they there was there was no it was one of those where they they couldn't tell either. Yeah, it was but almost from my a vantage 50, point, 50, I'm like fifty right. reaction. Yeah, like, right, exactly. Versus, yeah. Oh, oh, right. Hey, I think he missed yeah. that. Yeah, I thought, and I really really thought he did. Um. How about Tory Taylor the other day? Six punts uh, of 50 yards or more. He's the Big Ten Special Player uh, Teams Player of the Week. Um, he's averaging 49.2 yards <laughs> per punt this year, but he had 50 the other day and a couple of them down inside the 20. Well, um, we're know, gonna we're gonna miss him, man. We're gonna well, miss him. We are gonna miss him. And I'll tell you what, missing Cooper DeGene as a gunner on the punt team was evident. Number four. Uh, I think he's a freshman. I think it's Keon, I think is his name, his first name. And he had two opportunities to down balls inside the five, and he missed them both. Just missed them, yep. Um, and that there's an art to that. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just the fact that Cooper's maybe one step faster and is already there. Um, uh, I don't know. But there's definitely an art to that, and, and we haven't – we haven't quite figured that out. I'd love to know what, and I'm sure I can look it up, what Taylor's actual net punting, punting for the year is. Because from a return standpoint, I feel like there was only one punt, I think it was the Northwestern game, where we've had a significant return against them. And, you know, the number of punts that have gone in the end zone can't be more than seven, I, I guess, for the yeah. year. Maybe. I mean, it's pretty close to that. So... From a net punting standpoint, that's he is, yeah, he is a weapon, and I don't, I don't know what we have in the backside for, uh, you know, who's coming in to take his place. Well, it sounds like there's another Australian that we have uh, that we have recruited, and they're not going to talk about him until it's till right up until signing day. But yeah, there's somebody in, in, waiting in the wings, <laughs> right? Waiting in the wings, same type of service that helped us find Tory Taylor. Who, by the way, if he doesn't win the Ray guy, it'll be it'll be yeah. a crime. But then again, as we saw with the finalists for the Butkus Award that were announced yes. yesterday, and Jay Higgins being left off that list, uh, awards just don't always mean that they go to the to, to the best player at the position because Jay Higgins is certainly one of the top five linebackers in the country right now. No question. Especially when you look at the fact that the kid from Clemson has 55 tackles on the year, and Higgins has 133. Well, Let's think about that. I mean, think about that. He's less than half. His dad didn't play in the NFL, and that guy's dad did. Yep, yep. I mean, that's just, that's that's insane. Is he making that much of a difference for the 7-4 and Clemson Tigers? Right. There's no way... No way. And, and on top of that, Jay Higgins is making that kind of difference for the 9-2 nice. and two Iowa Hawkeyes. That's what I'm right? saying. Yes. It, it's, it, there's no question. It, it, it's, it's, it's a shame. We, it, it, the awards are fun, right? They're yes. for fun. That's, that's great. But when you see 
just pure um, ignorance like that, it's it's just disappointing, right? Right. And I, I think we I think we saw that a couple of years ago with or was it was it even last year with Tory Taylor being left out of the top three, right? Yes. In punting. I think it was last year. Yeah. And, now the year that the yeah. guy from San Diego State who won, which I think would have been two years ago, the whatever they called him, the punt god, and then he was for the Bills, and then he got allegedly. Uh, sexual misconduct in oh, yeah. when he was in college, and then that turned out to be false. Um, all charges were dropped, so on and so forth, and now the dude can't get a, a, a sniff um, to punt in the NFL, and the guy, he's probably one of the best punters on the, on the planet, and you know, he can't get, he can't get a look, and, and you know, I don't, I don't know, I don't, I don't presume to know uh, if that guy did or didn't do what he, what he was alleged to do, but it, was it that bad in in the fashion that if charges were dropped and everything went away, that half the stuff that other people in the NFL or NBA or whatever have done? I mean, give uh, the guy yeah, a chance. Yeah. Matt Azaria, I think, was his name. The guy's <clears> a great <throat> punter. Anyway, yeah. but I think I hope certainly hope that Tory gets a chance in a look in the. Uh, in the NFL. I think he will. Um, I think he'll get a, a, a real good consideration. The NFL punting is so, a little different than college, yo. It, it is. There, there's, there's just different nuances, and, and certainly to the, to the entire special teams uh, set up and, and, and uh, place kicking as well, right? But uh, yeah. I hope he gets a good, good look as well. Um, a couple of other thoughts. This uh, this makes it 18 of 24 games. Uh, do the math. That's 18 of 24. So what am I? I'm, am I right? Three out of every four games going back the last two years, where Iowa has only given up one touchdown to the offensive <laughs> to the offense of the other team. That stat in and of itself is amazing. Uh, Phil Parker again named uh, a semifinalist for the Broyles Award, which is the uh, best uh, assistant coach in college football. Um, 75% just, of the games the last two years. It, yes, 75%. The, the other team has scored one touchdown or less. Yes. Think, well, think, think about that. I mean, they've given up two touchdowns in the last 20 quarters. That's five games. <coughs> yeah. And this touchdown the other day was the, the only the second one on the year that on the ground. The other one was in mop-up time at Penn State. Right. Right. So... Uh, when teams are are scoring a touchdown, a lot of times it's through the air, and and you know you, you it's a little bit easier to get there. Uh, you're not just running it over that defensive line right now. Of course, Northwestern knows all about that. Right. So. Right. So, um, did you did you get a witness much of the? Did you watch much of the highlights uh, and, the, and the maybe some of the Twitter uh, with some of the celebrations uh, between the coaching staff and the yes. team. Uh, the game balls and all that yes, stuff. Yes, yes. Took him five minutes to find a game ball to give Kirk. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> can you just get a, you know, just grab, grab, grab a ball. Gra- grab one out of the kicking bag, dude. I <laughs> right, right. Um, well, he did. He did. You know, he passed Bo Schembler back over. He's third all time in the Big Ten now alone. And Phil Parker made that presentation. Got a little misty when he did it, which yep. is fun. Uh, you know, certainly Brian, Brian's last game in Kinnick, Brian hung around on the field for a lot longer than he normally does. 
kind of reflecting and staying and Kirk and he shared a firm embrace. Yes. There's a lot of emotion out there uh, aside from winning a uh, I, I, listen, if you're if you're being forced out as an offensive coordinator, the best way you can do it is to go out by winning the Big 10 West Championship on your home field. Right. Okay, hold on a second. We're being told save regularly, closing the tab will lose new audio unless you save it. Well, we're not going to close the tab. I don't know how we save it. Well, that's something we should consider. Audio. No. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Right, right. <clears throat> oh, maybe this is it. Yeah, okay. We good? Yep. I, I actually recorded. disconnected while you were talking earlier. So. Yeah, I know, I know. I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> I came so back. I, nobody saved, nobody would know. Saved it at about the 20-minute mark. So, at any rate, sorry, it's a podcast. We're, we're, we're working out a few few links here or kinks. Um, we might have to upload. Multiples? Uh, multiples, we'll see, uh, if the one goes for the entirety or if, if I've got <laughs> a few 20s. I don't know. So, I did, uh, yeah, I did see the celebrations. It's a big deal. They, get, they give him a trophy, um, and they're going back to Indianapolis. And they got a chip and a chair. I mean, they're going to be four touchdown underdogs, but uh, so what? Who cares? Uh, stranger things have happened. You know, Stanford was a 30, 31 or 38-point underdog when Harbaugh was the coach uh, down at USC, and they went in there and beat him. Yep. I mean. It happens. Yep. Uh <clears throat> It can happen. It, 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 it can happen. and Especially when you have a defense like Iowa has. Right. right. Cooper you know, DeGene would help. The Iowa but defense this year, and it's, it's odd. We just haven't, they've been stopping everyone, but they have not been getting the turnovers that they've created over the years. And, and I don't know if that's because there's so many three and outs or four and outs, you know, those kinds of drives where the offense only gets four or five plays. Um, or whatever, but certainly, you know, the turnovers that they have got have been big ones. Um, since we've got a Cooper DeGene touchdown on, or I think he scored on a defensive uh, interference, or excuse me, interception, and Castro obviously scoring against Iowa State on a on a interception. He damn near probably would have scored. <coughs> Was it uh, who did he pick one off against there at the end and just kneeled down? Um, Oh, I feel like it was at home. Yeah. No, no, it doesn't matter. Michigan State maybe. No, I don't remember. It doesn't matter. But Iowa's minus three in turnovers for the season and sitting there at nine and two. That, is, that's, that doesn't happen very often. Um, well, you know, it is, it's been crazy, too. I mean, you talk about the bounce of the ball, right? Yeah. Uh, ball's just bouncing out of bounds barely. And, uh, well, the one the, the other, safety the other Or day. the safety the other day. Yeah, the safety the other day could have been a touchdown very easily. Ball just bounced to the... To yeah, it did bounce strange. I lost you again, Brett. Um, ball bounced strange. I thought Joe Evans made a great play on that. Um, and... Iowa had a couple of opportunities to uh, to recover that and, and and didn't. But nevertheless, I'm going to try and get Ridge back here. Um, reconnect. Okay. So Iowa's lack of turnovers throughout the season has been a very strange thing. 
something that over the years, Iowa has made so much hay, uh, you know, doing and getting those turnovers and, and turning them into short fields and then, and then gaining points. Where was I? Yeah, well, I was just saying that, you know, Iowa has made so much hay turning teams over in the last few years and, and gaining great field position and getting points off that. The fact that they haven't done that and still had the success this year is, is quite amazing. So Yeah, yeah, and, right. It, it is. And, and by the way, Nebraska is the worst team in the country in terms of turning the ball over, so maybe this changes maybe, this weekend. Yeah, right? you know, maybe we get four turnovers uh, over there in Lincoln. And, and, and ends up plus, plus one. one. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. So. Hey, let's turn to basketball. Uh, uh, so we can start with the men. Uh, when we last, we left everyone. They were about ready to play number eight, Creighton. They gave them a good showing uh, on the road in a, in a very tough environment, lost 92-84, to 84, and then came back and beat Arkansas State 88-74. And for the efforts, Owen Freeman, Big Ten Freshman of the Week, and Ben Cricky. With 24.5 points per game on 66% shooting yeah. is the Big Ten Player of the Week. That kid has the ability to play uh, with his, uh, facing the basket uh, with a mid-range jump shot that, I, gosh, I don't remember us having a, a guy like that with that kind of a mid-range, I don't know, since, since uh, well, certainly early Tom Davis, uh, George Rattling days. I mean, geez. Yeah, well, with the you know three point shot, the the mid range jumper is like the worst play in basketball from an analytical standpoint, because you either want all your all your efforts to be at the rim, or you want them to be around the arc. Um, but if you can do that and, and knock down two thirds of the shots you're taking, then no one's going to complain. Right. right? Um, you know those are <coughs> those are not empty possessions then. Uh, if you're making those shots and it, obviously he's a, he's an offensive force, you know, uh, he led the Valley in scoring last year from Valpo. So it, there's no question that he's a, he's a good player. I did get to watch the second half um, on the BTN plus due to my friend's uh, <laughs> sharing of his login <laughs> and uh, much as you were able to watch on Peacock <laughs> when, when you had to leave when the, I needed the that. Game. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Leave, leave the game early. So, um, you know, they've got a tough game. Oklahoma's going to be interesting. The Fighting Porter Mosers, a uh, friend of mine from uh, Creighton University, and uh, now obviously through Loyola and now the head coach at OU. Uh, interesting game they're going to have with them uh, coming up. And honestly, I've been looking. What? Is that on Friday? No, it's tomorrow. Oh, it's on Thanksgiving. <clears throat> Thanksgiving, 2 o'clock, FS1. And then Friday, they will either play Seton Hall or USC. USC, of course, ranked. Uh, I believe good. it's, yeah, I think it's, for some reason, it's penciled in at 5 p.m. I'm not no, sure if that's tr true or not. But, no, uh, tomorrow, <clears throat> Oklahoma at 2 o'clock on FS1. Um, and so, yeah, it, uh, it'll be real interesting to see how good either one of those teams are and how Iowa responds against a good team, but maybe not quite as good as uh, as Creighton was, right? I mean, right. And, and by the way, you know, C Creighton made 18 in their first 21 shots in the second half. They made the first 12 and 18 in their first 21. If they weren't that hot, that game turns out to, be, to run in pretty close. I love the way Iowa showed their fight down 17 and came back and, and uh, were, yep. you know, uh, with uh, Peyton Sanford taking a three with under a minute to go, 
you could argue being knocked in, knocked to the floor or not, one way or the other. Yeah, but he got hammered. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I don't understand how that wasn't called. But uh, Iowa had a chance to come back and win that game. So the other thing that was real noticeable is this team has the real ability to play fast, oh, yeah. right, if they really want to. And it's because you have good shooting guys like Guys like Peyton Sanford keep losing you. Guys like Peyton Sanford, guys like Patrick McCaffrey, um, who've had some good success. Reconnect. Sorry, podcast listeners. This is uh, this is the tail of the tape on this new equipment. Um, I don't know what's happening. Brett's on his phone, and there's something that in this login that when he his phone like goes to saver mode that he we lose him so here he comes back he's back i am i was explaining so, to our podcast listeners what's going on with your so connections we're, we're, so the, the, the good shooters like peyton sanford patrick mccaffrey's been pretty good from three this year uh, well, and I like the young guy, right? Did I get to Dembele? That's where I was going. I'm, no. I'm really liking the way he, that, that kid has knocked down a few threes. And he's got a nice little uh, short uh, fadeaway jumper that seems to work really well, too. Um, I think there's, there's some guys there. Who's he guarding? It, well, that might be his, his downfall. I mean, um, just today. But, you know, we, as far as I'm concerned, there's never enough minutes for Brock Harding. I want him on the floor all the time. I want him with the ball. I want him making the decisions. Um, and, you know, that's just, I'm biased. I, I love the. I love yeah, his game. Yeah, yeah. Hey, DeSante Bowen uh, had 17 points against Arkansas State. That's not too awful bad. No, no, no. Right? And, and, that, and I, I, think he's, I think he's, I think he's, good, but. yeah, I think he's playing pretty well. But I know what you're saying about Harding's going to make things happen out there, particularly with Owen Freeman. And Owen Freeman, by the way, not backing down at all to the big guys that Creighton had, and that's what's really exciting. Yeah, it, it is. And, you know, it's it's a good sign when you've got a freshman, two freshmen like those two who were in there uh, without fear. I, frankly, I like, the, I like the freshmen when they run them all. Uh, Peyton's brother um, and, and, you know, all four of those freshmen, and whether it's Dix or someone else. You know, obviously, and we said this, I think it was last week. I mean, uh, Tony Perkins is without question in my mind the biggest disappointment on this basketball team right now. It, it just is. I Now, he played some pretty solid defense towards the end of the Creighton game, uh, taking on the point guard and taking a personal and trying to get Creighton out of their out of their stuff. But outside that, I haven't I haven't seen much to think that he's added a tremendous amount and I I would almost be interested to know what his plus minus is, and it's unfit. You're not going to get a good reading because Iowa beat those first couple three teams so badly. But you know, let's just get a sense over the over the weekend what his plus minus is when he's on the court against two real teams or you know yeah. whomever they play. He got a couple of shots to go down in that in that run in the second half against Creighton, which helped. But it was uh, also some of his misgivings that. Uh, then end up helping helping Creighton build their lead, turnover. right? Yeah, and so he's got to he's got to get his body going towards the hoop. He can't be fading away, and there's a number of things. It's uh, you know they need him and and his leadership 
but his leadership's got to be also production, right? Yeah, Not just to, out he there. Has, Coco, he yeah. has to yeah. uh, produce when he's out there. There's no question about it. You know, much like Caitlin Clark has to produce. This is called a segue in the radio business. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for the yes. women, you need you need to have her not only not only scoring but facilitating, and and leading the team. And that was a good comeback against Drake, who thumped Iowa State pretty good. And then you know the Hawks got off and, and just blew blew Drake out out of the water. With I don't know would they end up winning by twenty three or something like that. Yeah, they beat Drake Sunday 113-90 to and, of course, had lost to K-State 65-58 to in, in Carver. Uh, you see gave up a 12. Yeah, well, so they gave up a 12-0 run to end that game. They had the lead and the ball, and they gave up a 12-0 run. But, yes, this week at the Gulf Coast Showcase, uh, Friday they'll take on Indiana-Purdue-Fort Wayne at 630 then uh, Delaware or Florida Gulf Coast, and if they win that, uh, there's a couple of other ranked teams in there, including number 16 K State, who they just lost to. So they may get them again. Now, here's the thing: you made the point. So Caitlin Clark still had 24. She had 37 against Drake, but 24 against uh, K State. But the the difference there was this. Well, there's two things. First of all, Iowa couldn't throw it in the ocean from outside. They were nine nine and a half percent, like two for yes. 22 from three. But on top of that, what K-State was doing is they were sending their bigs out and they were they were getting out and bumping Caitlin as deep and as far out as she wanted to be and doubling her out there. And unfortunately, the post presence right now is not the same as Monica Sinano. No. They're going to have to figure this out. It's still a post presence with Sharon Goodman and Addie O'Grady and Stolke, but it's just different. And um, <clears throat> they cut off Caitlin's uh, uh, passing lanes and in so doing, just basically made it so the rest of the team was ineffective. Uh, you're right. Good comeback against Drake because Drake tried to use some of the same tactics in and couldn't reproduce it. So it feels like a good team uh, can do some of that, but it might not happen for everybody, right? But, well, uh, yeah, you've, but, got to be, you've got to have players in the strategy to do that. But I'll be interested to see if they do get a chance to play K-State again if they make some changes. I didn't, you know, and I feel like I watched that whole game the Kansas State game, or at least three quarters of it, and I didn't understand the why Gabby Marshall and Kate Martin were not on the court towards, particularly in the in the second half. I I mean, I didn't. I don't think they played five minutes each. I I think uh, <clears throat> they. Uh, I think Lisa thought Molly Davis had the hot hand, even though she's smaller, and then she was trying to stop because K State was getting way too much in the paint. And she, she wanted to have at least one big or, or two at a time on the floor to try to stop K-State from the simple turnaround uh, shots they were getting in the lane. Well, that and that ended big. up, yeah, and, 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 and very, very strong. And uh, I, I think it was more from defensive purposes. But you're right, it, when you're not scoring, because let's, let's face it, Iowa, <coughs> excuse me, 58 points out of Iowa, it's 65 for K-State. It solves a lot when you score 85 points, right? right? If Iowa just scores their average 85, 90 points, uh, who cares how much K-State gets, right? And so I might have thought about it another way myself. Um, I thought about it the other day when they were up, you know, uh, in the Drake game, they scored 64 in the first half. Right. Right? So, so they outscored. They darn near scored in the first half what, they, what would have taken them to beat K-State. By the way, that was a new record uh, under Lisa Bluter for a half. But... 
um, when you start thinking about that and you go, okay, well, if, you, if they just score like they know how to, sometimes defense takes care of itself because right. you don't really care, right? So that might have to be the way they go with that. Anyway, uh, in, interesting week. They've got this, uh, they got this tournament three days in a row. And we'll see how that works. And then, uh, and then did you I, see Caitlin on Monday Night Football? I did not. I oh man, totally. I was, blew, I, t- I was watching TV and totally forgot to flip to the Manning thing, uh, and didn't realize she was on there. Well, I pretty much watch a Manning cast. Is she good? Oh, she was great. Uh, Mark Wahlberg was on before her, and uh, he was horrible. But um, Caitlin did a great job. Just an absolutely fantastic job. Uh, there you are. Did a, yep. fan, did a fantastic job. Uh, she called the Kelsey touchdown. She got her name posted up on the deal. And uh, uh, she was a good hit. She's a hit. I mean, I'll tell you, Caitlin Clark's got it. She's got – Caitlin Clark's got yeah. it. She is yeah. – um, she's – well spoken, she's thoughtful, she's, she's kind of funny, um, you know. And she, I don't know. She just she's she's something on the basketball court, and she's you can see why these these companies, State Farm, V, Nike, have latched onto her as a spokesperson. You can see why. And then, and I'm not trying to throw too much shade on Angel Reese, but. I mean, if you can't go to class, you can't play in the game. Uh, I'm, I, I'm sorry. I'm really enjoying the, the memes where she's got you know doing the thing yes. over her face, and yet there's it's books and it's you know yeah. it's it's funny you know so it's that's it's, it's fun stuff. It's fun stuff. Hey, before we forget, the soccer team did finally lose uh, in the NCAA tournament, three to two to Georgia. Iowa uh, goes down, um, tied at halftime, and uh, at, at zero or at nil. Nil. And uh, ended up losing 3-2. to two. Uh, They end up 13-5-4. and four. It's their deepest run, though, in the NCAA tournament, which is uh, really cool for them. So a good year for them. They finished number 14 in the country and, and uh, all finished up there. Wrestlers, by the way, did uh, have a match against number 16 Oregon State, won 25-11. Um, and I think there were six or one, two, three, four... Seven new faces on the map for Iowa. What's the, what's six, six. Is it Gabe Parker? Is that his name? One seventy-four. Uh, Gabe Arnold. Gabe Arnold. Yes, yes, uh, and he at one seventy-four decisioned uh, the number one, number eleven dude eight. from uh, yeah, 11 no, yeah, from from Oregon State, and that was unexpected because uh, Arnold is not. Rated at this point, uh, yeah. as none of these guys are, because they're all just brand new, stepping on the mat, right? Well, and and it's going to be fun. Uh, we have Iowa State on Sunday, don't we? I think that uh, Is it next week. Ooh, I, I think that may be next week. I didn't write down who they've got this week. Shoot, um, I always oh, I always do, and I didn't write it down. But <clears throat> perhaps if only I had a device, I have it. Or I could look up something like that. Uh, while you're doing that, the women's uh, wrestling team, of course, they're not really getting to do a lot of head-to-head stuff. There's uh, they're a lot more open meets, but they had six champions at the uh, Missouri Valley College Open uh, this last weekend, and then uh, uh, um, that we're going to see a lot more of that for them. There will be a lot of these open championships where, uh, you know, wide-open tournament-type situations versus the ones where you end up with uh, with a head-to-head uh, dual meet. 
You happen to pick that up or? or, or? Um, yeah, it says we're headed there. When? On the mat. Sunday, 2 o'clock. There we go. Thank you. Okay. All right. There you go. Iowa, Iowa State. So, <clears throat> and uh, Iowa State's better. Sunday, 2 o'clock, I might actually be footballed out. <laughs> you think so? Maybe. <laughs> it could possibly happen. Yeah. We'll who see. Do you got, who do you have in the game? Michigan, Ohio State. Um... I, I'm of the opinion. I'm of the opinion Ohio State gets them. Uh, I don't. I don't I, I'm not sure I'm happy about that, but I'm of the opinion Ohio State gets them this year. And we're, this will be the third time I'll go to the Big Ten Championship, and I'll get to watch a different team at least. Well, that would be that would be fun. I. I mean, to me, you got to take Ohio State plus the points. It you know three and a half or four if you can get them, and. Uh, Sooner or later, this Harbaugh thing's got is going to hurt him. Him not being on the sidelines in some manner. I just I feel like that. that. Yeah, I I think that's I, I I agree. That's one of the things that kind of has flashed through my mind is that that all this stuff eventually gets to him. Right. So that's a that's the topic for next week is to who who we get to play. But it'll be a good scout on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's, uh, Eleven o'clock in the morning. So so are you going to Lincoln on on Friday? I am going to Lincoln on Friday. Um, nobody, they're they're basically giving away tickets over there right now. So the money that I put into those tickets earlier this year would be just wasted to not go. Yeah. <clears throat> so I'm going. Um, we're uh, we're in row 92. So yeah. we're up in the airways, but, but it's about but where we were time, last time. By the time that the game kicks <laughs> off, you I bet you can get down into the 60s. Yeah, we we are probably going to be able to move around a little bit uh, based on the number of tickets I see available on SeatGeek. Well, but uh, yeah, well, it, you know, be. yeah, well, thirty-two at game time. Isn't there a um, so of snow right around too? freezing, uh, a little bit, a little bit. Yep, we're just going to get up early and drive over. We're not uh, staying. We're not doing much tailgating. And we're going to drive over and and get over and get into the game and and pay attention to that and then come out and try to. Dial up wherever Iowa is uh, in basketball uh, uh, at around five o'clock that afternoon too, and see oh, what happens uh, with that one too. So, um, well, you know, eleven o'clock game uh, for on CBS National for the Iowa Nebraska game this week, um, and I don't know about you, but as we wrap this up, I I, I just look at this as uh, uh, these these are two very similar football teams with one big difference, and that's Iowa knows how to win. Yes. And how to get it done at crunch time. Yes. And they have the confidence to do so. And Nebraska just doesn't right now. That doesn't mean they won't. But it does mean if I have to, if I have a deciding factor, it goes to the, the experienced team that knows how to win. Well, Matt Rule even talked about that when, in his press conference. He goes, Iowa, Iowa isn't frightened by a 10-9 uh, score at any time in a football game. It's, you know, that, that, that's just how they roll. And other teams pucker, you know. Now Nebraska had to score in the last seconds to even get to overtime against Wisconsin, and then ended up losing that game uh, there in overtime. But uh, nevertheless, uh, excited to see what happens. I think Iowa's got a lot to play for. I think this is a very prideful uh, football team that isn't going to want to go out there. They're going to try and revenge is not the right word, but you know, they laid an egg last year after Cooper got hurt, and that took, just took the wind out of the sails. Uh, we had Padilla playing quarterback. Um, 
be, would it be nice to have your first team quarterback actually make it to the Nebraska game? Uh, <laughs> would um, see how that how that goes. So, so what's your uh, Miller Lite last call? Since we're on the podcast, we haven't even mentioned our great sponsor. <laughs> um, <clears throat> well, why would we change anything? Right. Well, right? I have Iowa uh, nineteen to seven, of course. I have Iowa nineteen seventeen. Uh, <laughs> both of us going over that totals 25 and a half now is it really 25 and a half i mean that's that's utterly insane is it really 25 and a half it is 25 and a half wow so well you got to think over on that that's now granted both both teams are you know they're they're challenged. I know, but but fourteen, thirteen is twenty-seven. Right. So you're looking at they're counting on a on a, a thirteen to ten game. Basically. Wow. Wow. I I and, and I happen to think now favored by two and a half. Yeah, I happen to think Nebraska is going to can move the football a little bit, and I you know I, I just. I just do in Lincoln. I think they'll move it a little bit. They'll they'll have a couple of touchdowns in there. I think uh, I th- this may be the highest scoring offense offensive output since the Penn State game for a, a Iowa opponent. Actually, um, in terms of you know, and Iowa still is going to win the game. I think, but um, so I, I think that nineteen seventeen holds. I, I think uh, it, it's it, obviously for me. I'm I'm somewhere in between fifteen and twenty points for Iowa, and somewhere around a couple scores for Nebraska. Yeah. Well. Obviously, it'll be great, great fun to watch, and and uh, I'll be hunkered down. So, real quick, last Friday or Saturday, when we were behind, and Brucey came over and he goes, "You're not in your chair. You got to go to the hu- the huddle seat." Literally, I went <laughs> sat down in the Hawkeye huddle seat, and we scored three <clears throat> plays later. Wow! Well, there it is. That's there what we is. need to do. Uh, there it is. That's, so that's... I will be in the Hawkeye huddle seat uh, come Saturday. We'll have a little breakfast. Do you make it ten? Game kicks at 11. Friday, hopefully, if you're there Saturday, you'll miss the game. Well, on Friday. Excuse me. Yeah. I said Friday. Yes. Or on Saturday. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. I'll, I'll be watching the Ohio State-Michigan game since I showed up a day late and a dollar right. short. <laughs> so, at any rate, I'm looking, for, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, you know, if Nebraska wins, it, it does not take any of the luster off of the Big Ten West title. And we'll be, we've got something to talk about for football then, and then obviously the bowl game. Um, I don't see any way. I mean, you got whoever wins Ohio State, Michigan's going to the Final Four. The losers in the New Year's Six, and then Penn State is likely the very next team that's going to be picked. Iowa would basically have to win that Big Ten championship game, I think, to go to a New Year's Six game. Yeah, there's no question. That's how that would have to play out. And even then, <clears throat> based on the way they dropped a little bit, and I well, still how I, the hell do you drop from 16 to 17? Who jumped up? And then I looked. It was Arizona. Arizona. Yeah, yeah. and Arizona's playing pretty good. I I, I get it, but um, <clears throat> but at the same time, uh, yeah, that's the only way Iowa could jump into the New Year's Six. But I I think as long as Penn State, as long as Penn State, what? Don't tell me we lost you in the last second. We've lost him again. Sorry, folks. Um, as long as Penn State... 
well, Penn State's going to beat Michigan State like a drum, so that, that isn't happening. And and we're back. <laughs> we're, and we're back. But literally, the last 14 seconds of the show, you, we, you pissed out again. I, I, I missed out again. Well, anyway, um, I, 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 I think I was saying that uh, the... The uh, New Year's Six would be nice. I like the idea of the Citrus Bowl. It's yeah. a good. It's a good one. New Year's Day precedes the Final Four uh, games that day, right. just like we did last year. I like that a lot. Uh, so I, I think it's a good spot for Iowa to be if if they can get. You know, I, that's where you really need to win. This weekend is really more about uh, where where you get to go for a bowl game, right? right. Where do they as, choose as you for that, anything. and do you even have a chance to jump up? All right, on that note, we are going to call it a podcast. Ridge has died again, um, so I'm going to take us out. Steve Creighton Jr., Brett Ridge, for Brett Ridge. This is a Hawkeye Huddle edition, November 22nd, our first podcast in a long time. I hope you enjoyed that, and we'll be back on Tuesday night. Uh, next week, 5 to 6, 102.1, 1350 ESPN, Des Moines. We'll look forward to talking to you then. Take care. Go Hawks.